Hey there, and welcome to Shadow Facts. That's facts as in horse treat-sized pieces of information, a podcast about Lord of the Rings. But only the horse parts. I'm Joey. And I'm Caitlin. And And this this is is our our oath. We vow to discuss every horse mentioned or visible in both the Lord of the Rings books and film adaptations, and we do mean every. We vow to rank every horse mentioned above. We vow to rewrite one of Tolkien's songs per episode to be about horses, live on the pod. And last but not least, we vow to answer the call of Gondor when the beacon is lit. By which we mean, answer your questions about Lord of the Rings horses to the best of our ability. tootinest episode of all time oh my god (laughs) um what's what's our first order of business here (sighs) do 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 correction (laughs) we after long debate and soul searching we are addressing an issue from the past we are righting the wrongs of our of our podcasting (laughs) history uh-huh. We have decided to go back into the horse archives to crack the seal and to rename Mary's um M- Mary's horse from Rohan Stibba uh, as it is named in the books instead of Clover. I don't know why I was really adamant about not doing that last time. I think we were just 3 hours in and I was like if we ignore the problem it will go away. <laughs> but Officially, in the Google Doc, we have renamed that horse Stibba, so please update your charts at home. This is our first official correction of this nature. Um, Wow. I hope you can trust us with horse names again in the future. Yeah. And that means that Clover is a name that we can use now. Yeah, back on the market, baby. Uh, yes. So, oh, uh, our other order of business is that I'm Joey, this voice right here, um, and joining me. I'm Caitlin. My... You're, well, what am I to you? <laughs> what am I to you? What am I to um, you? <laughs> my fellow horse archivist. Caitlin, the horse archivist, and not a horse. Wow. We are back with a movie episode. Yeah, I guess we've never really clarified, like, horse archivist, like, we call ourselves that because we archive horses, but a horse archivist could also just be an archivist archivist who is a horse. horse. (laughs) I mean, that's why you always hear, you know, clipping and clopping in the background of the podcast is our little horse hooves. 
Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Much to think about. <laughs> so this episode covers a minute marker in Return of the King, minute marker 12906 to 14922. This is the sacrifice of Faramir through Dwimmerberg, the Haunted Mountain. Great. Those um, are the movie chapters. Everyone, please clap. We needed a whole 20 minutes this time. Yeah. We did, I will say, pull, pull back the curtain a little. We did the first time through. We stopped about five minutes in and had to have a real sit down. <laughs> but then we we persevered and got through a 20 minute segment. So good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of horses. <laughs> uh, at one point, Theoden... It feels like, I don't think this is the theatrical intent, but it feels like Theoden stares straight into my Caitlyn eyes and says 6,000 spears as if pointing out to me my own hubris about this project. That's how many horses are supposed to be canonically on camera. Yeah. We're not doing that. No, we did not count 6,000 horses. God. We did count quite a few horses, though. We did count quite a few. Uh, we're going to do what we've been doing recently, which is that we're going to kind of run through everything that happens in the movie before we get into the horse nitty gritty. We're going to eat our dessert before we eat our broccoli. Wow. That is so rude for a noted horse lover like yourself. No, I mean, horse archiving obviously is the dessert. It just is also the broccoli because while it is sweet and delicious, it is fibrous and tough and takes a little jaw muscle. You know, it's hmm, dessert broccoli. I'm just imagining weird sweet broccoli now. Honestly, I can kind of see it like roasted, roasted broccoli where it gets a little caramelized, a little sweet, a little crispy. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Should we make some, like, maple brown sugar glazed broccoli? Oh, fuck. That sounds great. Oh, God. I'm, I do want to make, like, <laughs> some, like, roasted, like, sweet potato and broccoli with, like, a maple sauce. That sounds great. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so this section starts with, like, a fucking funeral procession. It's not actually a funeral procession, but it's like Faramir. It, it pretty much is. Uh, and, you know, his guys, um, <laughs> like, solemnly kind of riding through the streets out of Minas Tirith to People go, like, are lined up on the streets to, like, see them off and are, like, solemnly passing them flowers. Yeah. Like, everyone is really, like, sort of stone-faced and quiet and... Oh, God, it's, like, beautiful and heart-wrenching. Yeah. Uh, this is where Gandalf has the conversation with Faramir that we talked about at length last episode, where he kind of interrupts Faramir on his way out of the city and is like, essentially, don't don't die for, for Denethor. Yeah. Um, which is... I, I, <laughs> I support that. Don't die for Denethor. Yeah, I was struck upon rewatching it that, like, I do think, like, Gandalf's, or rather, Ian McKellen's, uh, you know, reading of that line does put more focus on 
the your father loves you, right? Like literally he yells that to Faramir and then he sort of mutters to himself and hopefully he'll realize it before the end or whatever. And he will remember it before the end. Yes. And that's, and I don't like that reading because I don't like the like, hey, your shitty abusive father loves you thing. Yeah. Which is what you brought up previously i still think like just reading the line in the book without the way gandalf presents it or the way ian mckellen presents it i still think like the point of that line is not like reassuring faramir that his father actually loves him through all of this it's like you doing this is not going to change his feelings toward you like Mm -hmm. He loves you as much as he's gonna he love can. you. This is not gonna <laughs> and, right. And he's just like overly focused on this right now because of like other things. It's not actually about his love for you or his, you know, you needing to earn it or whatever. Yeah, um, well, because yeah. because this line in the movie is really only the the second half of that, the first half, you know. Yeah. Which we talked about. And Ian McKellen brings so much like warmth to this that it does you know, I think even if it had been fully the same line, I feel like just the the perform it changes in the performance is all. Yeah, dialogue does a little bit, and Faramir, Faramir is so like, he has his walls up in this scene in a way that is really painful. Oh yeah, like he's so, yeah. like brittle and glassy responding to Gandalf. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because we, no, we talked I, about it so no, much last I, time. But. I want to say one thing, which is that I just had this realization that when Gandalf says your father loves you, he's talking about himself because oh my he's God. like a father figure to Faramir. Yeah, the, yes, he is the wizard's pupil. We we talked yeah. about when we were watching the scene. Um, I, I thought this was just such a nice little like nod, but the scene, the movie scene where Gandalf and Faramir like meet in the courtyard and are talking. It's the first time we see them interact on screen. That that scene on the DVD is called The Wizard's Pupil, which is ouchy and great. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get that the Faramir and his guys, the all, all, the entirety of Gondor's the Gondoran cavalry uh riding out and uh, we cut to Faramir, not Faramir, oh my gosh. We cut to Mary and Denethor mm. while Denethor P- eats. Pippin, Pippin and Denethor. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I have no excuses for myself. It's okay. So yeah, so this is the scene where Denethor is eating and he asks Pippin if he knows any songs and is like, you know yeah, your songs are fit for me, but like, he's really, he's just horrible. He's awful about it. And Pippin just has to like sing and like share this, like, I don't know. It's like the Shire is like this sacred thing in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and by like singing a song from it in this new context, you can just like, I feel like so much of Pippin's reluctance is about like, not wanting to sort of like taint the Shire with like the things he's been experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked you know? last time about how 
you know, like the book specifically describes him in his service to Denethor as being not a hobbit anymore. And how his, like, identity is stripped from him. And this is a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And this is, like, I think this is one of the most, like, pivotal Lord of the Rings scenes. Like, one of the things that, like, hangs in the collective understanding of Lord of the Rings so much is, like, Billy Boyd singing this beautiful, sad song over this heroic and doomed cavalry charge. And Denethor eating. Like, this, you know, you're cutting between the three of those things. And, and I, I don't have words. (laughs) Yeah, they, they too... They do a whole, like, I feel, it's so, it's so affecting. I feel like I could use the dial, I, the dial could be turned back a little bit on, like, the Denethor part of this, and I would still feel those big feelings that I'm intended to feel because there's, like, you know, he's, like, biting into a cherry tomato and, like, fake blood is dribbling down his chin, and they do some, like, really heinous sound editing on his eating so it just he's like eating like a a piece of chicken and a cherry tomato and it just sounds like bone snapping it's so grisly yeah i i hear you i also like i would still have a lot of feelings without the denethor side of it but because of the denethor side of it i'm having these feelings of both like i don't know the like heroic but doomed ride but also like this horrible like callousness yeah of denethor and yeah no i, I think know. i, I it, think that the contrast the contrast absolutely works like i like i'm not saying yeah, i don't want the denethor cut-ins it's, it's the like the, literally like the, the tomato like the tomato juice like there's that one shot at the end where literally it's like yeah something that is very obviously um like thicker and more viscous and red than tomato juice like dribbling down his chin like blood and it's like i understood i understood the metaphor without without mm-hmm. that um yeah but yeah definitely it still it's is funny because i feel like usually scene. i'm the one advocating for more subtlety and this is yeah <laughs> We, but oh, yeah. how the tables, oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's um, an incredible scene. I like, uh, this song is incredible. I definitely remember being like, you know, like 13 or 14 and just like singing this song in the shower to myself and being like, this is the saddest a human being has ever felt. Like no one has yeah. felt such complex yeah. misery before. Yeah. Ugh. Uh. Um, and wow. Pippin cries. Pippin breaks down and cries at the end. Yeah. Um, and it cuts from that to a short shot, but I actually, I really love this little moment. Uh, it's Gandalf sitting in kind of this little tucked away corner uh, by himself, and we just kind of watch his face react in this moment of of isolation, and he looks so tired. Yeah. Um yeah, and then we we were in Rohan. Is there anything else you want to say about our sad Gondor times? No, just that there are lots of horses that we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, totally. Um yeah, so yeah, so there's a brief shot of like siege towers and things like being wheeled 
into is that like being wheeled into into us Gilead from yeah. like the other side? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then yes, we cut to Ottergorn and Theoden and Legloss and Gimli and AMR, you know, the whole company riding through the camp where the uh muster of Rohan is taking place. Boy, that really musters my Rohan. <laughs> um Yeah, so there's lots of like riding around lots of bustling camp activity while you know people are reporting in like how many soldiers they were able to muster and um lots of people dourly saying it's it's not enough i was hoping for more um in case we didn't understand the how asymmetric this upcoming battle is going to be yeah and then we have um it cuts to ottergorn like on foot like up in the so there's like the big camp below and then like up this kind of mountain a, a bit there's a little camp that's kind of yeah that's in, Dunharrow right um uh where like you know the inner circle is camped <laughs> um VIPs only yeah and and we see Ottergorn like walking through and then meeting up with Theoden and they go and look out over the camp below and that's where Theoden says 6000 spears by which he means also each of those men with a spear has a horse so it's 6000 horses yeah it's it's but we cannot see people. them we can't they're just little dots yeah and not even dots that are identifiable as horses like they sometimes are. So we are yep. not adding 6,000 to the count because we do not see them actually on screen. Um, uh, Aragorn, uh, like, you know, lots of, like I said, lots of like camp preparatory scenes. Uh, they are at the, the back of Dunharrow up against the mountain is um, the path to Dimholt and to the paths of the dead. Um, and Aragorn is staring into this path and has kind of like a, a king vision. When this happened, you actually like <laughs> sighed and said, said something about Peter Jackson happening because as Aragorn is like staring, staring down the spooky path and the spooky wind is blowing and there's spooky music playing in case we like, that was not enough to communicate that like something supernatural was happening here. Aragorn also sees for a split second, a glowing green ghost, king ghost. Yeah. Um. Honestly, like it felt like I was in fucking Pirates of the Caribbean for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I. Yes, that is that is actually that is a great that is a great right? analogy for it. Like that will I had not increase. realized until just now, but like that that was the vibe. Um. Yeah. Gimli, I I actually love how this ends, which is, like, Gimli, like, you know, interrupts Aragorn to be like, let's go get food. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. I have to say, Aragorn is looking great through these scenes. Yeah? I I just, I don't know why I'm so into him. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, like, I saw a tweet the other day that was, like, about, you know, seeing a male character and... And loving them and it actually being about gender. And yeah. I do think that is a lot of what's going on with me and Ottergorn is that I see him and I'm like, yeah, that's who I want to be. Yeah, I feel like 
part yeah part part of what's going on with Aragorn is is it's like the competence thing. Yeah. Like who doesn't want to have a fucking big ass sword and know all of the herbs and be able to heal people and fight for your friends and ride a horse and just like be competent and self-sufficient in that way. Yeah, but also I think his face and hair are really pretty. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, uh, who do- yeah. I, yes, who doesn't want to be able to wear a flowy shirt open at the throat to show off my, like, muscly tits and chest hair? That's, yeah. Yeah. We'll get there, we'll get there. in a minute. Whoa, oh, trust me, we'll get there. Uh, and then we have... Eowyn and Mary. Oh yes, uh, he, she he um Mary has just like finished putting on his armor that she's like found for him, and he draws his sword, and she kind of like well he like step back yeah yeah she he definitely like almost cuts her with the sword yeah um it's cute like there is there's cute banter in this scene um you pointed out it's a very interesting contrast to like the scene of Mary drawing his sword which is like very goofy and then a few in a few minutes there's um Aragorn drawing another sword and how different those are and how yeah. they're contrasted. Yeah. You said, can I say this? Yeah. That like when we were watching that this scene could have been flirtier. Yeah, and it could listen, I it could be. Agree. Like, okay, so like I had never like I've never been a Mary Eowyn shipper. I had just never thought of it. Right. I mean, mostly because I just hadn't thought about shipping in Lord of the Rings in general until this project, which is I know a, for as long as I've horrible, spent in my life. A horrible, like a horrible oversight. waste of time for me yeah. to not have spent years doing this. I mean, not doing the horses part, but the shipping part. Um, I mean, in the horses too. Yeah. But like, of course there's like, you know, space for that with Mary and Eowyn. Um, but the way the movie plays it, I mean, you know, the hobbits are pretty infantilized. Yeah, it's, it's, by the people it's around warm, them. but it's also a little condescending. Yeah, like, she talks to him, him like, like uh, her he's kid her little brother. Cousin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cousin um, works too, but like, yeah, but it's, it feels very much like, ah, like, little brother. Yeah. Um, and especially you growing up. Right, right. Which characterization, like, I don't I don't know if that works for me because like Mary and Eowyn share this seed of being like told that they are incapable of of doing this, um, like by the people around them. Like especially the scene right after this is is Eowyn and Eomer talking about Mary's inability to fight as a way to talk about Eowyn's inability to fight. And so I just don't know yeah. if that makes sense to me that Eowyn would, Eowyn would be like, run off to the smithy, you little, you wild little creature. Like, oh, get your sword sharpened. Isn't that so cute? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. Like, I feel like for there to be consistency there, like she needs to, you know, show some of that with Mary. Like, right. Yeah, it it, and, it it is warm. Yeah. It doesn't like the scene doesn't like turn my stomach or anything. I just don't no, know if it. No, but 
I feel like there could have been depth there that we right, missed out right, on that... because of like comic relief or whatever. Right, exactly. I I understand why they felt they desperately needed some comic relief in this particular segment because there's a lot of its opposite, but yeah. Yeah. So um as, as we alluded to, so like A1 and Mary leave the tent so Mary can go get his sword sharpened and Aamer and Hama are sitting right outside the tent eating, I got to say what looks like some inc- it's like incredible like fucking stew in a wooden bowl Aomer has like a little heel of crusty bread and is like using that to like s- swipe the sides of the bowl wow very satisfying but mm-hmm. um uh, and Aomer says that Eowyn shouldn't encourage Mary because Mary is not going to be able to ride into battle and this is the beginning of a very painful conversation. Painful, one, because Aomer, who I generally like, is being kind of a dick. And two, yeah. Joey Joey said when we were watching this, I love when people have conversations about other people that are actually about them. Yeah, as in Eowyn is talking about Mary ostensibly, but she's also talking about herself and why shouldn't she be allowed to go to battle and she could be brave enough and, you know, yeah, this and that. Yeah. Which, I mean, she, Eowyn fucking does this all the time and it is heart-wrenching. Yeah, yeah. Like, she does it with Ottergorn in a few minutes, too, when she's like, you know, we need you or the men need you or whatever and really, she's saying, I need you. Yeah. How can you leave me? Right. Right. Ugh. Yeah, it's... It's painful. It um, is. Is there anything else you want to say about this AMR, AON conversation? Mm-mm. Let's move on. Okay. Miranda Otto has, like, the biggest, most luminous, like, b- literally brimming with emotion eyes. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, even more so in a few minutes, but yes. Also, can I do want to talk about Aowen's outfit through this whole scene. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because we... she's wearing this, like, underdress um, with these, like, delicate little pin tucks on, like, either side of the neckline and these sleeves that are, like, kind of, like, wrapped with cords on the upper arm, but then, like, gathered a little bit in in the middle, and so they kind of, like split and then fall down to like I don't know the ground practically and then there's this like brown overdress and it's just good it's really good it's really good she looks great in it I want to have a shirt with sleeves like that Mm -hmm. yeah speaking of good outfits uh is this where Aragorn is sleeping yeah so uh, Aragorn okay ugh before we get to the good outfit, I guess. Aragorn is sleeping and is having oh, yeah. a dream a slash vision dream. of Arwen. I fucking hate Arwen gets done so dirty by the movies because yeah. she, her fate is tied to Middle Earth now. She got the like protagonist love interest disease and is sick now and is dying. Um, and It's just not. There's. I don't know. There's like no, like in some ways I feel like Peter Jackson streamlined the plot. Like we talked about this, you know, privately about like the Dunharrow stuff and like going here and there, you know, like it's more streamlined here. Great. But like in some ways 
I feel like he made things more complicated and I feel like a lot of what happens with Arwen is like more complicated. Well, it, yeah, it, and it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, no, we know how the the there's no the the Arwen thing is to like introduce stakes, which is that you know the Arwen will die if the evil in Middle Earth continues to fester or whatever. We don't need more stakes. Like, we understand how staggeringly high the stakes are. Even if it's not personal, um, it's apocalyptic in such, a, in such a way that it is yeah. personal for everyone. Like, I don't need this twist of the knife for Aragorn to care. Like, we already know that he cares. And it strips Arwen's agency in a way that is really frustrating. Yeah. Um... I don't know. It's so anyways. Yeah. He has this, I don't like it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, because Peter Jackson plays this at like, has this storyline of like Ottergorn being reluctant, right? Like being reluctant to sort of take the kingship that he has inherited. Um, he's, you know, he's getting at like, here are personal stakes for Ottergorn to actually like, step up to step up to being the king and like following these prophecies and whatever. But like, I agree with you. I don't think he needs those stakes. I think it was personal enough already. Right. Well, and also in the movies, it is very much like, I I don't want this burden of leadership, not because I want to run around and be middle earth's most desirable bachelor. It's because I, (laughs) it's because like, my ancestor, Isildur, like, did this horrible, selfish thing that that doomed the current world. And I am terrified of repeating that same mistake or having that same weakness yeah. inside of me. And, like, that is very much how the movie frames it. It's not like, I don't want this. It seems like a hassle. It's like, I'm terrified of letting people down. Right. And then, like... Ottergorn or Arwen dying is not like the stake that would change that. Yeah. I think it's so (laughs) it's so frustrating because like you can see all of these ways that like Arwen was, you know, movie Arwen is already a totally different creation, but like, I can't help but think about like the version of these movies where like Arwen was originally supposed to be Arwen, not Haldir's, the one who shows up with the the elf reinforcements at um, yeah. Helmsteep. Like I, I desire yeah. the version of I, I desire the adaptation where like Arwen is present and not as much of a MacGuffin as she is. Yeah, like I mean. And the movie, like, teases us with that, with Arwen's first appearance, right? Where right. she's the one who, like, comes and helps them instead of Glorfindel. Um, uh, and then it just disappears. And she's just, like, fucking stuck in her house. Yeah. Like, in bed. Yeah, there is. And... If it was... Okay. Let me be... <laughs> let me be generous here. There is an uh-huh. interesting thing. Like, the whole thing about Lord of the Rings, right, is... Mm-hmm. That it is both this, like, epic fantasy thing, but it is also, like, an extended elegy for, like, the winnowing of the world. For the ways right. in which the magic is diminishing. And so if it yeah. was not just Arwen, comma, the only lady elf, comma, um, 
it would be an interesting thing if like in felt like in fellowship she has the most active role um you know in this awesome like chase scene and and calls the water mm-hmm. horses and then you know shows up with the reinforcements at helm's deep if it was this kind of stair stepping down of like yes the efficacy of, and presence of the elves is diminishing because that is what is happening to the world that actually could be an interesting thematic tie-in to to the rest of the story but that does not work right if if all the other elves get to do cool shit and it's just arwen who is like yeah on a chase lounge somewhere yeah 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 and i mean it would be interesting like if that were more the way it was painted to see arwen striving to have an impact from like within those limitations right yeah um whether that's yeah i i don't know but like it's like she just is this passive i mean not passive when she does a spell to like make herself mortal or whatever but like extremely passive character in so many other ways and that's not on arwen that's on peter jackson and others yeah Yeah. i mean also on tolkien it's not like tolkien like does right by her but peter jackson had the option to like take her in a different direction and i feel like he took her like more regressive rather than less yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyways, so yes, yeah, so he's having this dream vision, and he wakes up like pulling a knife, which is I, I, that's a like that's a trope that I fucking love. <laughs> um, and some poor like some poor like Rohan soldiers in the doorway, like um, sir, <laughs> um, uh, and Aragorn is summoned to Theoden's tent. I think before that, sorry. What happens in the meantime is we oh. see a mysterious yes. rider riding up all the switchbacks um, up to yes. Dunharrow. And also, like, creepy shots of... Oh, my gosh. Uh, we're getting vaccinated. Wow. Okay, sorry. I just got oh, a notification shit. that we're getting vaccinated. Wow. This week. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Um, so, included in... um. Both Aragorn's dream visions and the shot of the mysterious writer coming up the switchbacks are the creepy little statues that the book talks about, like on the switchbacks up to Dunharrow, which I thought was kind of an interesting little inclusion. Yeah, but there's no explanation. No explanation. And you don't even, you don't see them fully or slowly enough to like understand. And, And also that like horses are continuing to spook. We didn't say that before, but the initial, like, Ottergorn initially kind of looks down the path. Yes. Because horses are spooking, especially near that passageway. Yeah. Um, And he's like... What's up with that? Yeah. And is it Gimli who says, where does that path lead? Yeah, Gimli asks Aemir, and Aemir says to the paths of the dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so everything is very, like, oh, spooky, and there's, like, a, a figure riding who is just wearing, like, a black cloak, and all you see is, like, the black cloak. Yes, so then Aragorn uh, is summoned, walks to Theoden's tent, and who should be in there but the mysteriously hooded figure. Theoden, who, and Theoden, it seems, like, visibly on his back foot in a way that we have never seen him. Yeah. 
Um, I do want to stop here to discuss Aragorn's outfit, which is yeah, incredible. Aragorn is okay. So he has this red shirt that's like a like a peasant top, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a blouse, like a, a like blouse. a slit net, and and yes, with like little string ties. Um, not like lacing, just like across the top, and like it's kind of like flowy and drapey and hits like right at like the top of his thighs. Um, and then he's wearing these like leggings, basically. Yeah, he's tight, tight, leggings. tight black <laughs> leggings. And then these like big knee high boots. Are you? He's wearing the Chanel boots. Yeah. Um. And. You called this like like what autumn autumn Christian girl no it's or it's, Christian it's, girl autumn chic. yes it's the autumn girl it's his autumn girl Christian outfit like yeah. he's got the boots he's got the legging he's got the big chunky uh, top yeah. layer all he's missing really is the down vest yeah and his hair oh my god Aragorn in a down vest um <laughs> uh, his hair but like is like nicely curled here and his as you mentioned, kind of like peasant top shirt is like the perfect length such that you see his like open chest and the even star like nestled right there. It's, it's perfect. It's a work of art. It's it's beautiful. We'll post a screenshot of this outfit because it's, it's good. Yeah. So then it's good on him. The figure, mysterious figure throws back the hood dramatically and it's Elrond. Yeah. And it could have fucking been Arwen. Like, we talked about this when we were watching it, too. That, like, this is a place that, like, Arwen could have shown up. It, it would have been, yeah, Elrond. So Elrond is here for a, tr- a trifold reason. One, to tell Aragorn that Arwen is dying. Two, to bring Narsil, the blade that was broken, reforged. And three, to be like, yo, you gotta take the paths of the dead. Um, yeah. And it just would have been so much, like, cooler... And more meaningful if it was Arwen bringing the reforged sword. Yeah, and she could have been like, I'm not dying, although I will die someday because I'm mortal now and I'm choosing you. And I want you to take the paths of the dead because that's the prophecy. Yeah, I mean, Arwen was the one who, like, we just hit this portion of the books where, like, um, the fucking... The twins, Elric yeah, and and yes. and Eladan, she like yes, she sent the standard. Like, um, she made the standard and yes. sent him and pushed him to like to to take an active role. And so it would yes. have made so much sense. Uh, but it's yeah. fine. I mean, Hugo Weaving is great. I do really like his Elrond performance. Um, I just it would have been a a better movie if the Arwen had been here with the big sword. And then Aragorn receives Narsil and draws him in of I gotta say a pretty homoerotic. It's a pretty homoerotic <laughs> shot because Aragorn and Elrond are standing like really close to each other, like staring into each other's eyes with the sword between them. And yeah, Aragorn like draws the sword, and the the tip is it. You know, it's a huge longsword it's like the tip is like up above his head and so the camera angle is like is him and Elrond like staring at each other in like this very like heavy way and then the camera like follows the 
sword up. It's like an extremely phallic shot. It's so funny to me. Yeah, like held like between them. Oh my god! Right, fellas, is it is it gay to draw the sword that has been reforged in front of your bro? Hmm. Um. Yeah, and there's I don't know I. My vi- my my opinions are or my mm, I don't know perspective on this is getting clouded because we've been alternating book and movie or like you know reading them you know at the same time right. basically. Um, I feel like there's I don't know like the whole paths of the dead plot here feels like it's just suddenly like sprung on us in this like gratuitously spooky way and in the book I don't feel that way like there's a little more foreshadowing and then the spooky it is spooky like it's terrifying but it works for me and this all just feels like because a lot of this is Peter Jackson spooky which you're not a fan of right exactly and I'm just, I don't know. I'm just sad about it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there. I think there is an equal amount of foreshadowing in books and movies because we don't hear about the past of the dead or the prophecy until Aragorn is, like, on the way to Dunharrow. Like, it's a similar... It's, it's true, but then in that chapter, there are, like, a few things, you know, and we've had kind of the stuff, the bits about the Palantir, and then, like him looking into the Palantir and the parallel with like Denethor looking into the Palantir. Yeah, that's absolutely. Implied. I, I don't, and, I don't disagree with you. I think you know, they just feel yeah. different because of how they're presented. Like in the movies, yeah. what we get is like, we get people, <laughs> we get, <laughs> we get that the past of the dead is spooky, but like not through the prism of, of people as much like we get the horses are spooked by it or like oh look we we actually physically see like a glowing green ghost and a human mm-hmm. ghost um <laughs> and in the books it's much more like it, it's all through the prism of other people of other people reacting to hearing his plan to take the paths of the dead yeah um yeah 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 i don't know my point is I don't like it, and yeah, that, that you does know. not surprise me. <laughs> uh, you're, I'm so excited for us to actually get into the fucking like Scooby Doo oh, nonsense. I hate it so much. It is very Pirates of the Caribbean. You were right. Yeah. Um. Do you know that when I was younger, <laughs> God, I hate admitting this, but <laughs> I'm I so thrilled. I... I thought Viggo Mortensen and Johnny Depp were the same person for a while. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I am now. Oh, no. The very cursed AU in which fucking Johnny Depp plays Aragorn. Ugh. Oh, that's super bad. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry okay. I even anyways, spoke that into um, anyways. No, it's... So, I mean, I also thought that Kira Knightley and Winona Ryder were the same person, so... Yeah. They do have a, a resemblance, and I had seen Winona Ryder, like, when she was young in stuff, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a strong concept of, like, when those movies were made compared to, like, like seeing Keira Knightley in Pirates of the Caribbean, right? And yeah. so, like, 
I was just sort of beginning to develop to develop an awareness of like who actors were and things and I like could not tell them apart for a while. Yeah. That's fine. Um anyways, we got to move on. We got to move uh, on. Otterborn so- starts packing to leave. <sighs> yeah, and Eowyn um Eowyn comes upon him as he's obviously trying to leave and cue another extremely painful Eowyn conversation. It's so ouchy. Um, yeah, as Joey was mentioning earlier, this is, like, the, this is the, like, Eowyn talking about how much the people in camp need Aragorn as a way to, like, obliquely express her own feelings. Um, it's pretty much, it's a lot of the dialogue straight from the book, which we talked about at length last time. It's really good. I, like, Miranda Otto is fucking incandescent here. I know. Um, I can't even, I just, my head is in my hands. I, I don't have anything else to say. I'm just made of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he has that line. He has that line that is like, I've wished you joy. Since from, 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 since first I saw you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really good. Um, And, oh. I think my two favorite, and by favorite, I mean most painful parts. Um, I love when (laughs) early in the conversation, Aragorn is like, why are you here? And Eowyn says, like, hopefully, like, do you not know? Do you not know? Because, and she, she kind of smiles. It's like kind of self deprecating but it's also hopeful because the like the the door has not closed on this for her yet as it will very shortly and then at the end of the conversation like Eowyn who is so brave and so fierce like she she looks shocked and she's she takes several several steps backward just like retreating from this thing, which feels like that's, you know, mm. it, it shows the depth of her, her feelings in this moment because Eowyn is not someone who, who backs away from things. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, like her eyes are like fucking. Oh my God. They're luminous, so large like and so liquid. Like the moon of the seas. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, she's the fucking moon and the stars. Like <laughs> just in general, oh. like I. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I I want just like a big beautiful Aon poster to put on my wall. Yeah, you should get that you should get that um fucking Aon print that I got from that uh from that artist who uh, I sent you oh, other prints from. Yeah, I do love that one, but like I want I just want like a fucking like I want like a movie Aon poster. Like I just wanna fully regress to, you know, my yeah. teen self. Yeah. I never had posters of movie characters on my wall ever. Oh, I had a I had an Aragorn poster on my yeah. um Yeah. I never did and now I want one of Aowen. Yeah. Uh shout out to artist uh at underscore and and taiku A N T E I K U on Twitter who does incredible Lord of the Rings art. Yeah. Um beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah. And then Aragorn starts leaving the camp. 
And then, like, Loss and Gimli are like, not so fast, laddie. <laughs> this is a great... That is... That's actually how Legolas sounds in this scene, strangely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's this really great little moment. What if Gimli and Legolas, as the longer they are, you know, married, the more they pick up each other's... Uh, you know, speaking patterns. Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> that it, that reminds me of that oh, that fucking Tumblr post that goes around all the time, which is like, like Gimli is a very like beautiful, fine featured, like delicate dwarf, and Legolas is like a shit tier ugly elf. <laughs> yeah. Um. Fuck. Yeah, and so the three hunters, like, actually ride, they ride off into Denholt, and the camp reacts. I actually really like the way they did this, which is, like, there's you, there's no way to sneak away. Like, they're, they just have to ride through the camp to get to this path, and the crowd mm-hmm. of people around them reacts. Like, first, there's kind of these anonymous voices going, coming from the crowd, like, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? And then, mm-hmm. and another moment of, like, characterization that doesn't quite work for me, it's Hama, who is, like, they're abandoning us because they know that this fight is hopeless, no hope. which is, yeah. I mean, in some ways that is true because, you know, obviously, like, people, pe- even people who are brave have moments of fear, like, people, you know, are not yeah. caricatures, but... Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we just felt like too deep into our own characterization hole of like Hama letting this is all this is all based on like yeah. Hama well, letting okay. Gandalf keep his staff. Here's here's the thing about Hama letting Gandalf keep his staff is that he was a discerning judge of character. Mm-hmm. And the the focus here is not on like him feeling like there's no hope. It's the the thing that I that I dislike is him like assuming that Aragorn is, is running away. away. Yeah, totally. When like he in the book has shown himself to like be a discerning judge of character and I'm disappointed that we don't get that here. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. I mean it's it's the uh, set, then... it's the setup for Theoden to like perfectly step out of the crowd and be like, "Yes, there is no hope in the fight, but we will we will give them such a fight." Yeah, but he also says he's going because he he's doing what he has to do. Like, he's going because he must. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't give them a lot of explanation, like, but it is nice to see Thaid and kind of say, like, look, I stand with this action. Like, mm-hmm. he's not just, like, running away without... Cause. Whatever. Yeah. 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 And then um, the they ride away. Um. And we get the last painful Eowyn scene of the day. This one is not nearly as bad. Um, although it does, it's still. So this is Eowyn and Theoden talking, like, at the edge of the camp as dawn breaks. So there's this really beautiful, like, light coming in very horizontally. Uh, and Theoden mm-hmm. tells Eowyn, this is an adaptational choice that I like, that, like, Eowyn is to lead is to lead their people. Like, he has left instruction, and there's no, like, oh, yeah, since Aenor is riding with me, it's it's just, you are the obvious choice to lead our people, and I leave this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
so I do like that. Yeah. And, it, and then Eowyn oh. says, like, what duty would you have me do? It's so wooden and dull. Like, and yeah, she's... Yeah, she sounds dead. I mean, she's just... Oh. Yeah. And Theoden is like... Like, it won't... You know, repeats the... Echoes the sentiments we've seen in the book. Like, it won't be sad if I die in pursuit of this thing. Um, but, like, I promise that you will live to see the the world renewed or restored or something. Um, yeah. Although I feel, I mean, his initial response is to, is to kind of see, like recognize like she's like how focused she is on, I don't know, duty or like, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh shit. Like I need to like show her some like love. And yeah. He, just, yes, you know, yes. give her commands. And he's like, no, like I want you to like, I, I would I would have I want, you smile I want, again. I want you to experience joy and like yeah. this isn't just about duty. Right, right. Um, which is which is the point like which is the crux of the scene and what it comes down to the last line is he like he like cradles her head and says no more despair. Yeah. Um which I really love. Like it's it's a bright moment. I love seeing the like the warmth of this relationship and the like mutual respect and the hope for her yeah and then (sighs) the very last thing is the fucking trio riding through um dim holt which is like the spooky forest to the path of the dead um it's we we had some we had peter jackson issues here the it's them like riding riding through this space um and, you know, we're getting the, like, kind of mounting sense of dread of what they're heading into. But it's, like, the camera is, like, spinning in full circles. And there's, like, sound oh, editing yeah. going on. It's, you know. It's a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, and then they, they enter. The horses run away. The horses run away. Which is, like, a slap in the face to, like, the song we wrote last time. And that whole passage about, like, the love that the horses bore for This is character assassination of Brago the horse. Yeah! Brago would not run away. He would fucking follow Ottergorn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, and what happens to, like, elves having special horse powers out the window. The horses just, like, go... And they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll continue on foot. And Ottergorn just, like, dives in and Legloss follows. And then Gimli, this, like, in the book, we have a lot of this happens through Gimli's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, like, we feel the fear through him. And and there's this horrible moment of him, like, being left behind. Right. And, and then, like, forcing himself to go after them. And in the movie, it is, of course, played for comic relief. Right. Like, Legolas doesn't... Legolas doesn't notice in the book because Legolas is busy dealing with the horse. And here... Yeah. You know, like... Legolas does some, like, weird elf squint at the camera and then, like, plunges into the cave and, like, abandons Gimli. And then Gimli is, like, whatever his line is about, you know, it's unheard of for an elf to go underground when a dwarf will not and so he goes but it's but it's like played for comic relief instead of the way yeah. it is well that's in the book which that's is page for you gimli's movie story yeah god truly mm. and that's and that's where we stopped that's the segment
So now it's time for Oh, what's that? I'm I'm getting a I'm getting a notification. It's horse time, Is it baby! Horse time! <laughs> that was not what a horse sounds like. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was like a, you rolled an R instead of your lips. What happened? <laughs> I got the yips. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Uh, I feel like we have already spent so long already, and so we're gonna be nice and streamlined with these horses, right? Yeah, because a lot of them, a lot of them, we we do have some named horses. A lot of these are uh, background horses, which are we're not really able to spend a lot of time with. Yeah, because they are indistinguishable. So uh, we're rewinding to the Faramir <laughs> procession. Why am I rolling uh, everything? Tell it. Tell my tongue to stop it's it. All that Italian we've been working on, oh and Nancy God. Drew, <laughs> Zucca Cucchini. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, as you remember, uh, there were like seventy-five horses that came back, or that at least that left Osgiliath. Um, and we named like fifty-two of them. Um, and. Presumably, these are the same horses riding out again, mm-hmm. you know, plus or minus a few. We did count them, like, when they were spread out. And I think the highest number I ever counted was 77. So, like, maybe there are 80 horses. Maybe they added a few. I don't... We didn't talk about what we actually want to do exactly number-wise here. No, no, no. I, I think I think we but, have decided that this is canonically the same, like, 75... Gondoran yeah. cavalry because we know that they don't have a lot like this is this is the bottom of the yeah. barrel this is everyone yeah so so because we have already counted these horses and because we've already named a bunch of them Most we of are them. not yes we are not um recounting or naming all of them now we are naming a few of them that like stood out to us that seemed different than horses we had seen previously um but most of them were assuming like those were already named and because a lot of them are like chestnuts and bays we cannot distinguish them nope so we just pulled out our favorites yeah uh number one is like this i described it as champagne frosted (laughs) this horse this horse sparked fierce debate among us about the meaning of roan horses a few different horses sparked fierce debate among us about the meaning of brown horses but yeah i mean it's like a whitish horse but it has like this dusting of color um there's a little more of that on the front than the back uh although we never see its face um that's that's like a a, it's like a reddish gray yeah yeah, so uh, it's, it's but the lighting is, is white. weird, so it's hard to tell. But like, it has like a like a white tail and like a mane that has a little red in it, but like very pale and faintly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's like a dusty rose horse, but not even that much color. It's you know predominantly white. It just has this like you know it's frosted. It's frosted, champagne frosted. Yeah. Um, the next horse, uh, we have a little, a little set. Um, there is a chestnut with a 
crooked stripe and um its face armor is like sliding all the way off its face like away from the camera. And it's kind of giving some like side eye. Yeah, it has the, it like, has an incredible expression um in the the scene the scene where we paused and next to it cuz they're riding in kind of like a line of two or three down the street uh is a mm-hmm. Very dark horse with a half pastern uh, diagonal on its front right foot. Yeah, like horizontally diagonal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just loved them because they look gawky. They look like we often see horses looking like noble and whatever. But when horses are just like standing around doing whatever, like they look fucking like nerds. <laughs> Fucking get them. <laughs> and these horses just, I don't know. They felt like, oh yeah, those are the horses that I've like interacted with, you know? Yeah. That's like what you see in horses day to day. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's reality horse as opposed to it's movie just star this horse. Very, like, yeah. Like candid, candid horse shots. Yeah. Um, oh, we so should I name one them. of them candid. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then number four is the other one we fiercely debated because um, it's maybe a blue roan, but it might. Oh, no. the No, it is a blue roan. Yes. It's it's number seven. It's number seven. That's the mm, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, uh, a blue roan, maybe a black dun. Um, it has like a tail that starts out black and then like has blonde in it as it goes down. Um, a very like gray, beautiful gray face with like black rimmed ears. And then it's, it's haunches, like its legs are black, but they, they like fade, like the gray just like gradually darkens like over the haunches until it's fully it's a it's a really beautiful really smooth gradient there yeah yeah it's good yep uh next we have god we were really like on our bullshit trying to describe some of these horses this horse i have described as a soft dispersed brindle it's that kind of weird in-between color changing that we've seen a couple of times where it's like kind of brown, kind of black. It's 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 not a really even solid color. It's it's kind of Yeah. I would say even that like some horses I've seen that are like kind of brown, kind of black, mm-hmm. like this this one, it feels more like I mean, you're kind of right with the brindle, but or like like a tortoiseshell cat. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, it's very much these, like, black and brown hairs are just, like, interspersed throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some places they predominate a little bit more, but, like... Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's not like a seal brown where it's a solid color that kind of, like, fades to another color following a pattern. No, it's, it's like, yeah. Random and very, interspersed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it has mm-hmm. uh darker points. It has that chest medallion that we've seen a lot of, but on far thicker leather straps than we've seen before and it has uh, the rain necklace that we've seen in gondor we have got to figure out yeah, what that, that is we called i don't know what it's called i have figured can out can we light our own beacon of gondor <laughs> <laughs> someone please help us i have i have a very clear picture of like how exactly it is like attached and things now mm-hmm. um it reminds me, I did, I did a little research and found out there are like 
like there are like medieval um I was gonna say medieval cosplayers. What I mean <laughs> <Larpers>? is LARPers? <laughs> or um, or or like um reenactors. Yes, reenactors. <laughs> I could not think of the word. I was like, ah oh, yes. Medieval cosplayers. Yeah. Um, reenactors who use horses who make like rain covers mm-hmm. um that are very similar but not exactly the same. Um because it, it, it's and, it's unattached to the rain, right? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mostly. Yeah. I need to diagram it, but yes. Um, we'll we'll post pictures. We have pictures of all of these horses, and we'll we'll post them on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, we posted the rain necklace last time, and no one had an answer. So. Oh yeah, I meant mainly to defend our. I, I like. I feel oh, like our we're, co- our color. We were really on our bullshit trying to describe some of these horses. Well, it's because we were choosing the horses that were all the weird colors because they were the ones that stood out to us. Yeah, and also because there's so many horses in these shots, we're not being as detailed as we sometimes are trying to explain, like, where they are in the shot because I just don't think it will be helpful. But we'll post pictures so you can see them. Yeah, Uh, okay, number six is a like sooty hold on, like hold on. dark this is this oh. is a different shot so this is all that was like as the troops were parading through the street of of Minas Tirith this is actually them out on the field of Pelennor now in the cavalry line oh yeah you're right i just that's okay. important yes yes thank you i hadn't written that um okay number 6 is a like sooty like grayish black horse with like a light muzzle like the way like donkeys and mules and some like primitive horses have mm-hmm. like uh, a light muzzle but it's very distinct you know like like a lot of like gray horses are kind of like white but then their muzzles get grayer but like this was a very clearly like it's like dark and then it has it's like if you just wrapped like drew a stripe around its nose, then everything below the stripe would be light and everything above is dark. Everything the light touches. Everything the stripe. Anyways. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, um, it's good. Um, and yeah, talk us through number seven. Uh, this is a gray dapple with dark points and a mane. And this is, this is where we got hung up on dapples versus roans. Uh, the kind of the the thing that we that we hinged on on this is that roans usually have the, the roaning doesn't apply to their face. So whatever color their yeah. whatever the like undercolor of the roan is, their face is usually that solid color. So if it's a strawberry roan, it'll have the red face. If it's a blue roan, it'll have a, a gray face. Uh, this horse has an extremely roan coat, where instead of it being individual like spots as with a dapple it is more those kind of like it's like interspersed hairs right interspersed lighter hairs but it does have a light face so we have decided to call it a dapple it has the dark points yeah. in mane. yeah yeah um okay let's That's name these on, horses on door. um okay the champagne frosted should we just call this horse champagne frosted it's not very Middle Earth, but it was such a specific way that you described it. It's kind of rank, it's racehorsey too, which I kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do it. Champagne frosted. Got it. Uh, 
crooked stri- okay something this okay. horse either the, it's the, stripe or it's side eye you know candid the oh the, right yeah yeah number two is candid the chestnut but then the dark horse next to it also needs a name camera <laughs> that's such a oh wait okay old. what Pulled. what about obscura Oh, like camera, camera obscura. obscura. But I like that. also like it's a dark horse. So like obscura feels. Yeah. 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 I'm very into that. Candid and obscura is great. Good. Okay. Uh, the blue roan. This is a cool fucking horse. Yeah. Can we name <laughs> This is not a serious suggestion. I was going to say, can we name it cool fucking horse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't remember if you mentioned it when we were describing it, but this horse also has like a, a bit of a dorsal stripe, which we, like, don't see on anything in Middle-earth. Yeah, that's why I said it might be a black dun, because yes, the, yes. the duns ha- tend have to stripes. have those stripes. Um, um, I... Oh, let's go to our list. Let's go to our list. So this is a this is a horse from... Um... Can we name this horse Morwen? Or is that... That's a Rohirrim name. Yeah, Morwen, Morwen is a Rohirrim name. I was thinking for this... Um, Emrahil, because it's, like, a cool, princely horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was gonna be my second choice. Okay, Emrahil. Um, by the way, Morwen is, we, we have a list of names that we're pulling from. I, um, played a lot of the PlayStation 2 Lord of the Rings game Third Age, uh, and we're pulling from the list of the party names there, because it's a great list of Lord of the Rings names. Yeah. Um, okay, the weird brindle. Should we just call it brindle? No, that's boring. Um, what? I'm thinking about, like, tortoiseshell combs and, like, can we name it, like, filigree? Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I'm into that. Which is, like, filigree is not the same thing, but it it is... Filigree (laughs) P-H-I-L. Okay. You know, if this were a baby, it could be fit filly, filly green. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, uh, no, I, I was gonna say, like, I know tortoiseshell and filigree are not the same thing, but it makes me think of, like, various sort of, like, vintage decorative yeah, I, things. Yeah, and I so like that's, it. Yeah. Okay, okay, so, uh, the dark horse with the light muzzle. Oh, I actually kind of wanted to name this, um, um, that, oh, shoot, hold on, I need to look up the word, because it's got that coloring that is, um, oh, that is the primitive horse, I wanted to name it after that extinct, that extinct horse. Oh. Um, oh no, I actually, I've looked up the word and realized I'm terrified to pronounce this, Przewalski's horse, which is, like, the, the proto horse, which is now extinct, Przewalski. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how do you... Because the Z comes before the E. Hold on, let's let's figure this out. Zhevalsky. Sh- oh, sorry. Shavalsky. Yeah, Shavalsky. Yeah, I love that. Shavalsky. What do you think? Great. Yeah. Okay, and then the gray dapple. That might be a more... That might be... Um, uh, I kind of like so the the elf in the party from the uh, video game is Idriel, and because it's a dapply horse, we can name it Idriel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. 
Okay. Okay. So. Oh, I have one additional note, which is that previously we named Faramir's horse Quality, which we're not changing that. Don't worry. Oh my God. <laughs> that you name scared is me. Sticking. You scared me. <laughs> no, uh, just that we did not, we only saw that horse's face basically before. Mm-hmm. And now we have seen that it has three socks. Good for you, Quality. Um, That's all great but news. the front left. Like, which might have a coronet, but I... Don't think so. I'm not sure. The other three legs are, like, matched, like, like, like bobby socks is what you said. But, like, it's a very classic, like, length of sock and they're all, like, the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we just wanted to uh, share that detail with all of you because I know you were dying to know Everyone, please what update your, your horse like. diagrams accordingly. <laughs> Okay, and then we're on to... I don't know. Someone might be, like, wanting to make fan art of Faramir and his horse Quality. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. also Boromir and his horse Hubris. Please, someone make this fan art now. Please. Ugh. Oh, my God. Uh, and needs to know... It's important information. ...the details of this horse. So now you have it. And also, if you make that fan art, please tag us. I want to see. Please. <laughs> um... And that's that's it in Gondor. We are on to Rohan. Um, I do want to I talk want it about to be like yeah. Okay, just one more thing. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's Shadowfax now. Uh, but before that, you know, like in in uh mm, um, in like various vintage illustrations. Like, it was popular to do illustrations of, like, people as each season or, like, scenes for each season or, like, other things. But I want one that's just, like, abstract nouns. And so you have quality and it's Faramir and his horse. And then you have hubris and it's Boromir and his horse. Oh, my God. Joey, this is so... like, floral borders and banners. Joey, this is... Such a small, like, intersection of people, but we have absolutely created, like, the fucking, like, Divine Universe AU in which they are each candidates for their (gasps) Divines, Quality and Hubris. God. Holy shit. We didn't even know we were doing it, but we've done it. Holy shit. I've got to go. If you listen to Friends at the Table and also listen to us, you're welcome. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Faramir is Jerboa. No, okay, okay, you cannot, you cannot do this. Okay, it's fine, we don't have time, we'll get into it later. Uh, okay, so we're in Rohan now. Um, we, I want to yes. talk about really quickly our kind of overall ethos for these scenes. Because yeah. <laughs> there's so many horses, so this is five minutes, this is the five minutes in where we were like, we had to pause the DVD and be like, what are we gonna do? There's a lot of horses. We are pretty much playing with, like, what we have done in the past, which is, like, if we can't, if it's moving too quickly or it's too far away or too difficult to, like, see an individual horse, we're not going to name that. No, Uh, we are counting them. We are counting them. we'll say, like, okay, here's this number of background horses in this scene, but we only named horses. We did name lots of background horses but we're only naming them if like they're like if the shot lingers on them a little more or if they're close enough to the camera that we can see them a little more or if more, we thought that or, they were really funny you know, right whatever it is yeah um 
Yeah, so that's... So it's maybe a less fine-toothed comb than we've used in the past, but you guys, there's just so many fucking horses. This would be a seven-hour episode, and also we would have had to do, like, 12 hours of Yeah, we literally, I thought we were going to have to do an episode on five minutes of the movie, and we were like, we can't, we can't live like this. Yeah, so, and as I reminded Caitlin, like, our vow is to discuss every horse, and we are, like, we're saying, like, hey, these horses are here. (laughs) Discussed, (laughs) moving on, end of, end of conversation. (laughs) Um, okay. So, so, this starts with Thaden's procession riding through the camp. There's, and even this can't be fucking easy. No, because Aragorn is riding an imposter. This is, right, which is not unusual with Arod because we've met, no, we've met, no. oh, Aragorn. Aragorn yes, is, is on riding an imposter. an imposter Brago. It is not real Brago. Right. And it's also not the other false Brago that we've seen previously during the evacuation of Edoras. It is a totally different false Brago. Yeah. This Brago is a bay. But, like, is more of a classic bay mm-hmm. and less of, like, Brago's weird, like, dark bay. And its head is a different shape. It and does it have has, a little like, star. barely a star. Yeah, but it's, like, a shadow of a star and no, like, nose star. Just a shadow and a thought um, of a star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, clearly not Brago. Yes. Brago does return later, but yes, not right here in this procession. Um. Yes, Theoden is on Snowmane. Snowmane has a cool new, I actually don't know the term, the proper terminology for this, a horse jacket? It's like, I think it's of it- It's like, when you see like medieval jousting horses like and they're wearing horses. like yeah. a fabric that covers most of their body, that that thing. It's a horse cloak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aemir is here on Firefoot, but it is very obviously Carl Urban's riding double again and not Carl Urban. Yeah. And lastly, Legolas and Gimli on someone. You've someone. met you've met original Arod. You've met thick Arod. You've met striped Arod. Now get ready for fourth Arod. Yeah, just some other random fucking horse. I don't know. Yeah, it's very it it has a mane that. It looks light gray from one angle and then white in the rest of the shots. It's pretty white overall. It does have a gray nose. Um, but does yeah, it's it's not any of the previous Arods. Yeah, so we're naming this one fourth Arod. We're not counting it because canonically it is clearly intended to be Arod, and like Joey said, we do original Arod does appear again, but thinking this is the fourth the fourth. The fourth yeah. Okay, let's sh- let's Yeah. Okay, so the first horse we see um that we're naming is a a bay pulling a cart. I have a chestnut pulling a cart. Oh, sorry. Yes. I my writing was bad. It's a chestnut <laughs> pulling a cart. The second one is a bay with a rider. Yes. Um this is like we mentioned this. I just want to say it again because we got mm-hmm. into who all was in the procession. This is the procession, like, riding down a central aisle of the camp. So there's horses, like, in the background um, on the other side of the aisle, and there's horses in the foreground as the procession rides through. 
Yeah. We also, we did not document any of the horses in Theoden's procession beyond the named ones because we have done that before. Like, yes. they are the same horse characters. Yes. You know, Hama has his horse, whatever its name is, etc. Like... Yeah. What is Hama's horse's name? I don't know. We don't have time. We don't. <laughs> uh, number two is a bay with a rider. Number three is a bay tethered a little farther in the background. And then there are 13 other horses They're kind there. of in this like initial pan yes. or whatever. Um, it's, I it's have written moving. like plus five background, plus two foreground, right. plus two background, right. plus one foreground, plus yes. one background, plus two background. Yeah. That's uh, what this whole segment is like. Yeah. I won't read it out every time. I just No, want we're just gonna say how many other horses are also there. Um I yeah. this bay to me seemed very yellowy. Ha- mm, we think about colors so differently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do. Um, it has like it has. I like. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm right here. I'm just saying like we just like think about colors differently. It is impossible to know another fully, and it is impossible to objectively <laughs> describe a fucking horse. Um, uh. I well, okay. So what I was getting at is that it 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 felt. Like, I wouldn't describe the horse as yellowy. It had, like, yellow undertones to me such that with its short black mane, it looked more... Like, I'm not saying it was a buckskin. I don't think it was a buckskin. It looked buckskinny to me in a way... In this buckskinless world. Okay. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so, um... Oh, should, we, should, we should name these three and then move on to the next shot. Yes. Okay, so Chestnut pulling the cart... That's turnip. Oh, perfect. We haven't named a horse turnip yet? No. Great. Okay. Are you saying that the bay with the rider was the one? No, no, no. Three. Number three. Or number three. Okay. Well, we'll see. I I do want to, I'll, you know. <laughs> Listen, we'll have to post the screenshots and then I might offer a retraction. Horse notes are part academic undertaking and part like dream journal <laughs> like there's such like weird impressionistic little pieces i'm just telling you how i felt in the moment okay okay that's fair um so number two the bay with the rider um aoden which is another video game name great aoden what do you call what do you want to call this buckskin bay <laughs> subjectivity <laughs> I, I was going to say unfortunately we've already named a horse spirit stallion of the cimarron now now i feel like you've goaded me i would like to name this horse vindication <laughs> okay okay uh so in the next scene the like camera flips 180 so it's like from the procession's point of view looking like camera left over the horses they were passing. We see there's like a bunch of tents in front of the camera and there's a line of riders going from left to right across the screen in front of some trees. Mm -hmm. uh, first, I have a chestnut with a gray nose. Yes. And a leather halter. And a dark bay slash seal brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. These are... I'm sorry. I forgot to yeah, give... Yeah, these are the ones in the foreground. So these... These are, these are horses in the fo foreground. 
we included these ones not really because we could see them. We only kind of can. We thought it was really funny because it's, it's like a blurry screen wipe of them. Like the camera panning past them. Yeah. And they're just like the camera's so close to them. It's, and yeah. it's it's good. Um, also behind them are 29 unnamed horses who we could not distinguish. <laughs> so it's yep. those, those two and 29 others. Yeah, this... Number five um, has what I described as a white star that drips into a stripe. It really, it looks like like someone just like splotched white paint on its forehead and then some of it dripped down to make a stripe that doesn't go all the way down its nose, but goes like partway down. What if we um, name that horse Dribble? Is that too mean? Mm, that, it sounds like I think it's too Okay, mean. what are some other like paint related Oh, we could name it Gesso. Words. Yeah. Which is that, like, base base layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and the chestnut with the gray nose. Um, yeah, um... Should I remind you of our horse name list that we have? Oh, can we name this Canoodle? Oh, totally. Because it's, yeah. Canoodle and Gesso. Yeah, okay, perfect. Okay, uh, then we have, you know, some more camp scenes um there are 27 unnamed horses <laughs> in this next this, sort of this grouping sounds, this sounds like we threw in the towel but i swear we didn't you have to watch the scenes <laughs> yeah. this sounds like we just like don't give two fucks anymore like i don't know there's 27 there's just no we worked our asses on. off <laughs> there's a lot it took us four hours to get to 27 unnamed horses like <laughs> Please believe yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. So number six yes. uh, is a dark bay being led like right and forward, uh, wearing scale face armor with brow ridges, and it has a ragged saddle cloth. Seven is a chestnut with leather face armor, uh, and it has one of those black horsehair swags attached to the top of its face armor, so it's kind of like hanging down behind its ear, and it has. Yeah, I thought. Mm-hmm. This, like, we've seen those before, but we've never seen, like, the connection point in the same way. And this specifically was very tassel-like. Yeah, like, totally. you could I... see, like, sometimes where the hair, like, connects is, like, under the top of the face armor. And this was, like, you can see the hair go into, like, a, a, like a finding, like a, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I feel like, yes. Other times we have seen it, it is, like, attached to the top, so it's, like, more like a crest. And this is more like a thing that, yeah. like, hangs down to the side. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Yeah, I it was. It. Uh, it also has a shield hung from its saddle, and it's tethered to something we thought maybe a tent pole. It's really hard to see. There's too much going on. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh! Oh! Shit! What? What if... Okay, the horse previously known as Vindication, which I described as yellowy, is that Mustard mm-hmm. James? <laughs> um, it might be. I like. I would love to see a real yellow horse to name Mustard <laughs> okay, James. Okay, that's fair. We'll sit. But on like, it. I don't. We'll sit on it. I don't know if we're going to. Yeah, I mean, we did see. We have seen two. We have seen a, a few flaxen horses, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one again. Okay. I feel like none of them 
have been yellow enough for mustard james right which i feel like it's part of what works about this is our like uh, disagreeing about whether or not it is it can be yellow um yeah but it's like a spicy brown mustard a a poupon but i feel like mustard james has attitude and that horse is just like i need a horse that's like a little more featured yeah i feel you i feel you okay that's all okay okay uh so let's name number six roharen Oh, wow. The word, that's like, no, well. Oh, do, no, we can, we can. I just feel I like. I take it back. Roharan, Roharan, we have to, like, like you're saying, yeah. you want no, more. No, I forgot where Roharan came from. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. We could name it, uh, we do have other, just like, throwaway game names. We have Barathor, we have Elagos, we have Morwen, we have Hadhot, we still have Pine Nut from Rain, I think. Oh, I want. Yeah, because we've done, yeah. we did Pinecone, but not Pine we Nut. Can, we can name this one Morwen. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Morwen literally means like dark maiden. Oh, yeah. And it is a dark bay, so that's fine. Perfect. Um, And then for something, something about the, ta- the, the, the horse the hair tassel. swag. Yeah. Have we named a horse Tassel yet? Yeah, we sure have. Damn. <laughs> Uh, that's what I was afraid of, but that's fine. Um, mm. All I can think of is like curtains and like ornate furniture. Okay. Oh, oh okay. shit. Okay. okay. I have a, I have a pole. Okay. I have one uh, that is so... almost certainly deeper, so we should probably go with yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was looking up things about tassel to see if there was like an interesting part of the tassel mm-hmm. or an interesting like name etymological yeah, you know yeah. something uh passamentary is the french art of elaborate trimmings which includes tassels okay that's great perfect can i tell you what was your <laughs> please tell me please okay have i told you about antimacassars no okay so you know how like some people have especially like in older houses or whatever like um there will be like an armchair that has like a a piece of fabric on the back of the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's often kind of decorative. That's called an antimacassar. And it's called that because um, macassar is a type of oil, like it comes from a tropical tree or plant or whatever. And it was marketed as a hair oil. And the antimacassar... Because <laughs> everyone's hair was yes, greasy was as literally fuck. to protect chairs from people's hair oil. Actually, the first antimacassar was... You know, sailor uniforms have that, like, the square-backed collar, like, that hangs down? That was called an antimacassar, yeah. colloquially, for the oh. same reason. And then that name, like, also got used for the, the furniture covering and stuck okay i gotta tell you i actually like that a lot more than passamentary okay and it's no it's just it's not quite as clearly related i just was thinking about like fussy you know what i'll throw it i'll throw it in the name book and yeah i I like it a lot i'm gonna okay so we'll keep passamentary but i'm gonna throw it in the name book because that's ludicrous and i love it (laughs) wow okay um the next scene is Aragorn is walking through the camp after kind of getting settled in to talk to Theoden on the high ridge overlooking the muster. And so we see a few horses as he's passing through. Yes. Uh, first, we have a 
white horse in the background who is having their feet checked by their rider. He's kind of crouched on the ground. His body is blocking what he's actually doing, but I'm assuming he's picking the hooves yeah. or checking them out, making sure they're okay. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is a bay with back white socks and a silky tail, I said. Um, and who also has a person um, checking its one of its front hooves. And you can actually see the like the foot being lifted. Yeah. Uh, and then there are seven more unnamed horses. <laughs> Stretching our vows to the absolute prick. We are really rules lowering her. Do you, okay, here. There are two in the background initially that are chestnut and white. And then there are four more in the background. And then there's one more in the background. They were all good horses and we love them, but we cannot see them well enough to talk about them in more detail. Great. Just assume we yeah. have said that Disgust. exact series of words <laughs> about every horse, which we describe here only as unnamed. Yep. Uh, what do okay. you want to name this white horse? Um, I what do you I have a suggestion, which is yeah, which please. is to use clover because I I oh, initially yeah. was like, is That's that Mary's horse, horse? And then you were like, no, scale wise, it can't be. But like, and I was like, that is a person. It does horse. make sense. But Mary's horse is a person-sized horse, is the thing. Like, the horse actor is... Yes, actually, actually, no, actually, hold on. I want to, I want to, I want to fully retract that because, like, personhood is not differentiated by height. That is not what I mean, but even so, that is not a good way to phrase that, so I would like to fully retract that. That is not a, like, traditional, like, 14 hands and up. Based on the height of the people around it, it is, like, at least 14 or 15 hands and not a pony. Yes. Um... Which is, like, the horse that Mary rides in that earlier scene is horse-sized and not pony-sized, yes. right? <laughs> and it's just, but yes. yes. Um, that as well. But this horse was cute and had clover energy to me, so. Yeah, I like that. Um, what if we name the the bay who... Because it's a darker bay, isn't it? Uh, or is it a, a brownish it's, bay? It's a bay. Okay. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say I was actually Black Beauty. I because not because it's black, but because uh, like a rider not checking the horse's hoof is like a, a an important plot point in there. Mm. But I don't. I I think that's too too much, and I don't like mm-hmm. it. Um. Let's name this one Farrier. Mm, okay. Were you gearing up for a recommendation? No, I was trying to gather my thoughts, but Do I you didn't. Have an alternative? Nothing was coming to mind. No need. So. Slap him out of your hand. <laughs> uh, okay. And then we have a uh, a dark seal brown horse. This is like legitimately, I think this horse is actually seal brown. I'm not convinced that every horse we've called seal brown is seal brown. But like I went back and reviewed what seal brown horses actually look like. And I feel pretty fucking certain about this horse. Um, yeah. Also, I feel really good about... I was going through the Herger Your Horses deck for my casting, mm-hmm. and in there, of the, like, you know, what, like, 60 available cards, three are seal brown, which makes me feel really vindicated about the existence and and f- frequency of seal browns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it's, it's a seal brown horse. It's, like, spooking at the entrance. Um, and, yeah. Do you want to take the next one? Yes. Um, so the next four, um, this is, 
we've kind of lumped this together, even though there's different camera shots. This is um, a, a shot of a few horses picketed to like the right camera right of the um, of the entrance to the path. So first we have uh, for eleven a chestnut with a skinny asymmetric stripe, mm-hmm. and then uh, another chestnut with a stripe and an axe at its saddle and the cool little axe holder that we've seen in on a few Rohirrim saddles. Yeah, and then there's a dark bay that is tossing its head, and I wrote that it has a glossy butt. Yeah, its its butt is pointed towards the camera, and it just has the most, like, cartoonish highlight on it. Yeah, and then there's one more dark bay, and there are two background horses, kind of. We didn't count until a little farther, but, like, there are two just amongst those five. There are two more. Yep. And then we have another group of horses picketed on the other side. Do you want to, can we name Uh, these five first? Because five feels like I don't want to like add another however many before. Yes, absolutely. I have a recommendation for the horse which is spooking unless you have one. Uh, No, go ahead. I would like to name it Scooby-Doo because it's scared of a ghost. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Okay. Um, the chestnut with the skinny asymmetrical stripe. Um, what has skinny stripes? Pinstripe suits. Seersucker. <laughs> seersucker. Okay, that, so we can name we can name a horse seersucker. <laughs> Scooby Doo and seersucker. Um. Okay, the axed chestnut. I want to say here, in case any fabric nerds are listening, that I suspect oh, that seersucker actually refers to like the weave and texture of the fabric and not the stripes it just is commonly striped and so that's why it's associated but i'm gonna say that i'm not saying definitively either way so you seersucker or us. railroad stripe also known as railroad stripe is a thin puckered all cotton fabric commonly striped yep. okay i was checkered. exactly yeah. right okay Great, but yes. Right, but seersu- but like a yes, yes, it yes. is it is the fabric, but striped. also in the popular imagination is stripes. Um. Okay, and then the oh, can okay, this is silly, but can we name number twelve Brian? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because sure. Brian, I was talking about Hatchet recently, and that's the kid's name is Brian, and this horse oh my has God. a little axe on his saddle. <laughs> Hatchet was such a disturbing read as a child. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but, like, also, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I loved it. Um, Have you have you read the... Are you familiar with the other books in the Hatchet series? I've read Brian's Winter. I own Brian's Winter, and I've read it multiple times. <laughs> Is that the one where he goes to kill a bear for revenge? Mm. <laughs> because the bear killed his therapist? <laughs> no! Or something. I swear to God, that's like one of the 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 wilder Hatchet books get increasingly. Yeah. Ludicrous. Okay. So so the thing is that Hatchet has two diverging timelines. One. What? It, what it does? What? It does. At the end of Hatchet, I just talked about this recently with Francis. Actually, um, at the end of Hatchet, he, you know, makes it out. Like he, he get someone's attention or whatever, right? And goes home. And then there's mm-hmm. like a sequel where he like goes back for a summer to like stay with that one family 
and like spend some time in the woods and then oh the bear kills that and, family oh, not his therapist Jesus. okay and then there might be more books after that but brian's winter is a different sequel in which um it it imagines what would happen if Brian did not get rescued at the end of Hatchet and instead oh. had to spend the winter in the oh, wilderness. I see. And yes, so okay. that's like I have read the initial like other sequel, but not any more of them, but only once. But I've read Brian's Winter a bunch of times. Okay, so I I realized the mistake I was. I, so I I have only ever read Hatchet and uh, like a year ago on a podcast heard someone talking about how wild the other Hatchet books are, so this is, like, third-hand. Okay. But it's... Yeah, and one of the later books, Brian goes back into the wilderness because a bear killed that family, and he tracks down, like, goes on a murder quest for that specific bear. Yeah. And then in a book after that, he has a therapist because he's like, I belong in the wild now, and I'm having a really hard time adjusting back yeah. into, like, regular life. And so his therapist is like, well, we should go camping. And the therapist, like, immediately breaks both of his legs, and they're, like, trapped in the wilderness again. Man, Brian has shit luck. <laughs> yeah, dude. But also, maybe Brian, like, don't go on a murder revenge quest for a bear. Yeah. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Okay, <laughs> so the last horse in this... <laughs> diverging timelines um the really glossy the really glossy bay yeah uh can oh can we name this one antimacassar because oh because that horse has hair oil on for sure yeah totally great call okay okay antimacassar and then number 14 um, is a dark bay oh yeah uh it's not as dark as 13 um hmm how about Aiden? We already we already used. Oh the fuck! Whole I didn't cross it off. How about uh, that? This could be Barathor, Elagost, or Hadhod. How about Barathor? I feel like wait is oh yeah okay. Barathor makes me feel like it's a Gondor name because of Baragond. So uh, so in the. In the game, Elagost is a Gondor guy, Barathor is a northern ranger, and Hadhod is a dwarf. Oh, okay. Yeah, that all makes sense. Okay. So do you want to use the Gondor name here, which is Elagost? Or did you want to use no, Barathor, I the ranger a name? Rohirrim name. Uh, we can but make one, we but don't. we've used... Yeah. yeah. Um... Oh, oh! What if we named this horse Joe here in honor of your fantasy, your fantasy son? Okay, great. Okay, great, Joe Hiram. Okay, our next section uh, starts with number fifteen: a chestnut with a horrible, horrible thick rope halter and yeah, a red like, velvet saddlecloth. It's it's really weird. It looks it looks like someone took like a length of knot and just did the biggest, heaviest, most ungainly knots they could possibly do in it. And then we're like, it's a nose band. It makes no fucking sense. It looks really uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, there's a scene where you, the horse is kind of tossing its head, maybe, I don't know, but like it, there's so much space around that nose band, like, and it, and the top of it, the knotted part is stiff enough that it kind of stands out. Like it's just bad. Oh, oh, I have a pull for the... Oh, we're not there yet. I'll, I'll sit on it. But it does have a cool red velvet saddle cloth, which does, we haven't seen. It does have a cool neat. red velvet saddle cloth. Um, 
we've named a, next have to we named a horse velvet uh no i was gonna say we're not to naming yet oh but right i have sorry i have a point okay okay uh, next to it on the picket yes is a gray dapple uh which i described as cloudy <sighs> Ooh, uh dapple with gray nose and mane and dark legs and a white face and uh like a reasonable rope halter a thin a thin rope halter <laughs> yeah um and then, and then last on the picket yeah is a dark horse with a braided leather halter nose band and it's actually like you can clearly see the braid and it is a reasonable size and it's fine with like a kind of floofy forelock and a star a little it's got like a little tiny baby star it's very cute yeah okay so uh, for this group, my poll for um, the horrible noseband is Marielle, because in the Redwall series, Marielle is a mouse who uses a really heavy knotted rope as a weapon. Oh, Marielle spelled M-A-R-I-E-L? Yes. Great. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that you want to name this dapple something with clouds? Yes. How did I know? <laughs> Um, we've named a, we've named a horse Cirrus already, haven't we? Do you not remember this bit? No, I mean, I kind of vaguely. The, the bit is you read a really long list of cloud names and in between every single one, I say, I think I like Cirrus. And then you read the next one. And then I say, I think I like Cirrus. And then you read the next one. <laughs> so yes, we have named a horse Cirrus. Oh my God. Okay, I'm looking up other cloud names now. You've brought this on yourself. I was resisting, but it's happening. We haven't named a horse Stratus. Or Cirrocumulus. Or Cumulonimbus. Or Nimbostratus. Oh God, we can't do this again. We've gone backwards in time. Oh my god, this is the diverging timeline, like in Hatchet. <laughs> okay, Stratus it is. Uh, that horse has mind powers. Yeah. Keep your um, computers away from that horse. God, this is the extremely <laughs> counterweight episode of yeah. Shadowfolks. Uh, in the Stocky Bay. Oh, oh, Wait. I would like to name it. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. The dark horse with. Yeah, I my yeah, eyes skipped ahead. The, the dark horse with the floofy. I mm-hmm. would like it to be a star name because it has the one little tiny pinprick of light in the, the dark firmament. Oh, yeah. have we We've named a horse Vega, haven't we? Or have we not? Vega? Vega? No, we have not. V-E-G-A? That's a star. What's... Okay. Is it like a star with a story? Like... Probably. Why do you know that one? But I don't remember. Uh, Partly I know it because it's the last name of an OC. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, But... Vega star. Also, I mean, I got the name because it was a star and I don't remember anything. It's the brightest star in the northern constellation of Lyra. Yeah. Okay, cool. Love it. Uh, Lyra is another one to hang on to. Yeah, or Lyra. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming Lyra, like his Dark Materials, Lyra. Something I have never read or watched. Oh, you... I know. We have had, look, we have had this conversation like 17 times. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> in the next scene, we have... To, um... to be clear, I am not opposed to reading or watching it. I just have not. And so I keep not doing it. It's been it. like two years. It's <laughs> a, a stocky bay with a thick neck, uh, a short, thick mane. And it has... Uh, the you worst nailed the description. Saddle cloth. 
yeah, it's like one of those fleece tie blankets, but only half of it. It hasn't been tied to the other half yet. It is my extreme textural nightmare. Yeah. Oh, it also has an axe, presumably, which is how it made the tie blanket saddlecloth. (laughs) (laughs) Rode your own soldier. Like, an armor using the Laid that blanket out and just (laughs) chopped at the edges until they were all fringed. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And then there's a bay with like a gray muzzle that is now the horse that's like spooking at the entrance um, to the Paths of the Dead uh, with a luxurious tail um, that is yeah. straight cropped, but not like short, like a couple of the Gondor horses were long. Right. It's cropped. like, it's like show cropped. I, I'm assuming both because it, this horse is like so glossy and has such a long, beautiful, like cropped tail and it's doing tricks that it's like a show horse. Yeah. IRL. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. okay. What do you want to name the stocky bay with the horrible saddle cloth? Um, fleece tie blanket. <laughs> no. Kindling. Because I oh, like the axe yes. chopping at. Okay. Yeah. Making little shreds. I'll take that. Okay. And then for, <laughs> so, uh, okay. <laughs> I have, uh, a suggestion for this last okay, horse, I but it is a weird one. Do also, but go ahead. No, please do yours first. No, please do yours first. <laughs> no, no, King. After you. <laughs> okay, so when I was like twelve, I had some horse OCs. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like I would print out horse coloring pages mm-hmm. and then color them and then glue them to cardboard, like thin cardboard, and cut them out. And so I had my like, have I talked? I don't. I know I've talked about this to you before. I don't remember if I so talked about you, it on the you podcast. So you told me that you made your own horse dolls that way, but you did not describe them as horse OCs. Yeah, which is a well, delightful like twist. on the back of them, I would write like the horse's name and like color and age oh, yeah. and okay. like backstory. Yeah. No, you, you, you left that out before <laughs> you had just presented it as making toys for yourself. <laughs> It's really okay, good. so I had this bay that was named Wind Rider. Oh, that's but a real warrior cat. Will you double we check? Haven't done a- will you double check that we didn't use that name? Because I feel like we may have. I feel like I may have mentioned part of this story before, and we may have used that name. No, we have not used Wind Rider. Okay, you have to tell me what your suggestion was, though. Oh, uh, no. so uh, when I I was my little note to myself about like what was happening during this horse so I could remember it is I described it as while Aragorn was having his capital K capital V King Visions and so I was going to say we should name this horse King Visions but I like Wind Rider (laughs) okay I love King Visions though so we're going to have to save that I mean we can use King Visions here and save Wind Rider because yeah because King Visions is more specific to this okay so King Visions and I'm adding Wind Rider to our list Okay. Okay. And there's also nine unnamed but beloved and archived and seen horses in the background. Yeah. Um, and then we have a background bay with a little white star getting ear pets. Yeah, this is like outside the this is when Aomer and Mary emerge from the tent and Aowen Aowen and Mary emerge from the tent. Oh yeah. Well, because I've written down Aomer. Oh. I mean, Aomer is outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right under the description of this horse, I wrote in all caps, Aowen is breaking my heart. Yeah, dude. 
Yeah, I just love... We don't see that many moments of kind of, like, mundane affection, so I just... I was so charmed by this little horse yeah. getting little head pats and enjoying it. Can we name this horse something about affection? Touch starved. The horse. Caress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the next horse we have is Elrond's horse, a nice um, elf horse who we see riding up the, um, not crosshatched, good lord. Switchbacks. Switchbacks, yes. Uh, this is a flea-bitten light gray who is really smoky around the nose and eyes. It has this really beautiful, like, gray ombre around it, which you described as very velvety. Yeah, yeah, it is like this velvety black. Yeah, yeah, it, it has a white mane that has, like, it's I'm not remembering if it's white and gets it, dark at the yeah, ends or if it it's goes, white and no, actually has like stripes of black white through it at the roots and gets dark gray at the ends mm, yeah and it it's has very I mean it is it's an this, elf horse this horse looks like a white horse that has been like magically absorbing smoke we, okay, we need to break out our language books and do, like, you know, yeah. we need to do the thing. It also has dark legs. It has no nose band, as most of the elf horses do not. And just as a note, on, on its on its visible tack, um, it you know, it has much lighter, more delicate tack than we've seen on horses in this world. And it has these really beautiful little, like, metal teardrop-shaped buckles on its bridle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's pull up the language books. Something about, I really like, like, smoke absorbed. Something like that. Yeah. Where's my, my thing does not have a word for smoke. I'm looking at the actual book, and there's no Elvish word for smoke in here. This doesn't mean that there isn't one. The online thing might have one. Yeah, I'm trying to... F- oh, where's my... Oh, no. Um, I'm trying to find... It's Ambar Elderon. Thank you. Yes. Yes, uh, I've got... It's just Quenya, but it's thorough. Uh, oh, I have a... I'm looking at a Senderin one right now. Oh, well, perfect, because I have the Quenya one open, so I guess there are both, so we'll... Oh, um, there is a thing for smoke in Senderin. Okay, what is it? Uh, it's OSP or YSP. Mm, hold on. Let's see. What if I'm trying to think about what would be oh, yeah. a good? Yeah, there's no no word for smoke in Quenya apparently. Interesting. Are you also on the Ambar Elderon one for just Quenya? Yes, and mm-hmm. I have my book here. Right. Um, I I'm thinking for the second half of that. You said absorbed, which I like, but feels like a word that mm-hmm. we're gonna have a hard time finding. What about like drinking? Mm-hmm. Like something that like drinks smoke. Uh. Yeah, or stained could be. Oh, totally. An option too, like smoke stained. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What I'm seeing for like the actual for drink is soga, s o g a, which I don't love. Mm. Let me look at stained. Oh yeah. Oh oh, stained as an adjective is guain, g w a e n. So ospguain or ispguain would be good. Yeah, Ispguain, I think. Y-S-P-G-W-A-E-N. E-N. 
Yes. Yeah, I fucking love that. Hell yeah, we haven't we haven't done that in a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah, stain. Yeah, I don't have like there's stain as a noun, which is actually mordo, as in Mordor. Like stain oh, shadow sure, obscurity sure, sure. is all the same word, and then stain, comma soil, as a verb. So to stain is vata, um, mm. which is good. But I like what we have. Yeah, the 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 Gwen feels. That's a very like middle English, English. Oh my yeah. god! Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I because it's spelled with an e. I wonder if it's if Tolkien would pronounce it Gwen. Oh, maybe. Um, it's Gwen. That works too. But I'm, you know, names can have multiple pronunciations. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Um. So after that, we have Aragorn uh, walking through camp to Theoden's tent. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, I, yes, sorry, go ahead. And we have uh, six unnamed background horses here. It is dark, mm-hmm. and so it is really difficult to tell what everyone mm-hmm. We also, is. as we kind of see Elrond riding up the switchbacks, there's a shot of the, the camp at the top where we see clover again yeah like looking out like a sentinel like on the like because there's like spits of land that stick out on either side of the ramp kind of coming up so it's you know it's very dramatic yeah i don't remember that but sure (laughs) uh uh so yeah oh sorry go ahead no i i was just i meant to pass it back to you but i didn't do a very good job i got it I got my hands up. Okay. I got my soft hands ready for catching. Yeah, take it. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird, weird one. Got away from us a little. Uh, so, um, during that, that's kind of it, horse-wise. There during Eowyn and and um, Jesus Christ, during Eowyn and Aragorn's goodbye, it's real Braco again. So that's nice. It is okay. I have one thing to say before that, which is that in Theoden's tent which is very, like, sumptuous. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There is, there's, like, the regular horse banner, but there's also this other horse banner that has, like, this sort of gangly little, like, baby <laughs> horse. You described it as a fucking Slenderman horse. I <laughs> thought it was just, like, a gangly baby, but it was cute and I liked it. Yeah. It was, I, It is cute. Um, the real Slenderman horse is yet to come. God. I just saw on the TL, speaking of Slenderman horses, you know that, um that like famous internet picture of like where someone has photoshopped a dog's mouth onto a horse yeah yeah someone i just saw on my tl someone did like a painting of that horse and it was like oh uh no thanks bye Mm. (laughs) gotta keep scrolling (laughs) um so we get the return of uh, original Brago during this scene, and then we get the return of original Arod when Gimli and Legolas announce their intention to follow Aragorn to the Paths of the Dead. So we got the whole gang back together. Yes. Um, and, then, and then we see a dark brown, like a chocolatey dark brown horse with a backright song, um, backright sock. Sorry, I started reading long in the next bit of my phrase at the same time. Backright sock, fluffy long forelock, um, mm-hmm. and a left front coronet, like a very, very narrow one. 
Yeah, and this, so did you describe where these horses are? Nope. Okay, this is in the background of Theoden and Eowyn's talk at Dom. These two horses are oh, picketed right. behind them. So this the the second horse is very much in the dark, but the first horse kind of has this, like, this bar of, like, dawn light hitting part of it. Yes, um, and the second horse is probably a dark bay. We cannot see enough light on it to tell the color, but it does have a little star. Oh, what if we named that one Lyra? Oh, perfect. Okay. And um, would it be silly to call this other horse? I want something about how, like, it's bathed in this, like, beautiful, like, dawn light. Like, something about, like, dawn or daybreak or... I honestly, I really like daybreak. Yeah, I like that too. Okay. So, daybreak and Lyra. Um, And then we see uh, them, you know, the three hunters together again riding... Um, like after they've left camp, the, you know, camera cuts to them in this new place and, uh, OG Arod has disappeared and we are back to some other Arod, maybe fourth Arod, uh, maybe fifth Arod, maybe fifth Arod, who we, can we, say it, we, there's not, we can't see him enough really to tell right here. So we will keep an eye out for him in the future. During the course of our research, when I was looking at Arod pictures online, I discovered a previously unseen Arod. So I think that horse might be a fifth Arod that we know we have coming up. Um, yeah, but so maybe that's we'll... the sixth Arod. Oh my God. There's, there's too many timelines. There's too many Arods. <laughs> what a nightmare. Um, but we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. And that brings us to the end of today's horses. Wow. Oh, except that when they get to the doorway to the Paths of the Dead. <gasps> yeah! Like the actual Paths of the cool, Dead. super cool, There like, are these, like, horse. drawing, carving things above yeah. it. And one of them is a horse with really long legs. Yeah, that's the real Slenderman horse. Yes. Yeah. It's cool. Wow. Oath wow. number one. Yeah. Well, almost. Hold on. I do have to do the oh. math, which I haven't done yet. Oh, right. Can I give you numbers to add up? Yes. Hold on. Let me open my calculator. Okay. Shoot. Uh, um, 13. Mm-hmm. Plus 12. 117. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Wow, that's so many. Okay, hold on. I have to, um, hold on. I need you to do one more math. So that's the is total number of... 23 plus 7 is 30. That's how many horses we named today. Tw- I'm sorry, one more time? 23, because we, we were counting them as we went, right? Like... Oh, <laughs> so wow. Yeah, 23, so and smart. then. The Faramir procession horses, we counted seven named. So 23 plus seven. So 30 named. 30. 30 named horses. Okay. So uh, one last math. 117 today plus our previous running total of 705 is 822. Wow. That does make me feel vindicated about the... Uh, total number of horses that the horses that we saw today were one seventh of all the horses we have seen previously, including the like 400 that we saw at. 
Yeah, and that's like that's not counting. Like we didn't add the number of Faramir's horses because we already had that number, or the number of horses in Theoden's procession because we already had that number. So those were also horses on screen that we had to look at, and I mean not count, but yeah. yeah. Can I do the thing where I read? the whole list of names for the day because I find that really satisfying. Yes, you may. Thank you. Okay. So today we have Champagne Frosted, Candid, Obscura, Emrahill, Filigree. Oh no, I've forgotten how to pronounce the- Shavalsky. Shavalsky. Uh, let me write that down. Idriel, uh, Fourth Erod, Turnup, Aodane, Vindication, Canoodle, Gesso, Morwin, Passamentary, Clover, Farrier, Scooby-Doo, Seersucker, Brian, Antimacassar, Johirum, Mariel, Stratus, Vega, Kindling, King Visions, Caress, and Isquain or Isquain. Hell wow. yeah. Wow. Love oh, them. Uh, fuck. And Daybreak and Lyra. Apologies to Daybreak oh. and Lyra. Um, yeah, okay. So that is the first vow. Now fully, fully capped. Who were your Fantastic. favorites today, Joe? Um, name-wise... King Visions is great. <laughs> Antimacassar, love that. Um, oh, but okay, my actual favorites are Candid and Obscura. Yeah, just like personality-wise. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They're just great. I feel like we got lots of like physically cool-looking horses. Like, I, I do, as much as it is... an. A difficulty to our archiving you gotta love a horse that you can't fully describe yeah so shout out to you know sh- champagne frosted and filigree yeah and yeah. many more yeah, yeah. <sighs> wow okay so uh, our third vow uh, is to rewrite one of Tolkien's songs uh, per episode to be about horses. So uh, there were no songs in... Well, there was a song in this section of the film. We we're, were not, not going to mess with that song. <laughs> that it, It's... Yeah. Um, we are going all the way back to Fellowship of the Ring to uh, this little song. Do you want to um, like alternate couplets with me here? J- Joey... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. do you want to start? Yes. Ho, 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 to the bottle I go to heal my heart and drown my woe. Rain may fall and wind may blow and many miles be still to go. But under a tall tree I will lie and let the clouds go sailing by. We thought this could be a great opportunity for us to return to our poetry roots, which is oats. Yeah. Or just We've in general, talking... a lighter tone than yes. our recent poems, because we're we're in the bummer section. We want something a little light. We've been in a lot of angst, and while we delight in the angst, we also... Thrive on it, some would say. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about Aragorn's sad eyes again, and also Eowyn's <laughs> sad eyes. I'm, I'm sad about, eyes looking I'm at each other. I'm thinking about Aragorn's Christian girl outfit. Uh, Christian girl autumn outfit. <laughs> so good. Okay. So his little legs, his long shanks, <laughs> his leggings, big. Boots. I know. Well, I love. So we didn't. We didn't talk about. I'm kicking myself because we didn't talk about specifically in that scene. Though, like, 
Elrond mentions the past of the dead, and there's like a spooky oh, there's wind like that a blows. Breeze. But then the yes. shot pulls back on him, and so his his hair is all tousled from the wind, and his little shirt is kind of like billowing out at the hips. And it's just yeah. <sighs> I oh shit! I think I may have gotten rid of that shirt. I was gonna say I have a shirt that would like work pretty well. I could recreate this <laughs> outfit, <laughs> but I think I got rid of the shirt because it was feeling too feminine for me. Yeah, um, tragedy. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, let's do this. Something poem. to work on. Okay, so um ho, I think ho, we need ho, to keep to the ho ho ho. Stable I go to heal my heart and drown my woe. I feel like that like all we have to change there is is bottle. Yeah. Right? Maybe yeah, we... maybe drown because if we're talking about oats or something similar. I mean, do you want to actually talk about oats or no, it can be. What if what if instead of bottle or stable, what if it is something that is more like equivalent? Like what if it's to the trough I go? Hmm. Yeah. Because trough can be water, but trough can also be food. Yes. I I definitely want this poem to be, regardless of if it's oats or not, I do want it to be about how food motivated horses are. Yes. Ho, 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 to the trough I go to, um, to heal my heart and cover my woe, fill my woe, uh, to fill my gut and drown my woe. Yeah, I was trying to get rid of drown because... With trough, that can be kind of a grim combo. Yeah, and also, like, Drown is specifically about drinking, and I think we're moving, we're going more towards eating. Ho, 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 to the trough I go, um, to, um... Then I'm looking up a rhyming dictionary, because I realized (laughs) we don't actually have to keep woe, necessarily. Yeah, I kind of like it, though, as, like, a kind of a dramatic, like... You know, we all get a, a little woe is me when we're hungry. Mm-hmm. God, can mm. we rhyme hungry and woe is me? <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, it's a token okay. rhyme. Okay, if we keep if we keep woe, like let's let's rework the rest of the sentence a little more than like because drown my woe is such a specific phrase that like it's hard to just replace the word drown. Right. Yeah, we we could um, we. I feel like we could actually oh, just re- what if forget? It's like forget my woe, or ease ease my woe. Oh, totally. Because then we keep the syllables the same. Yes. Um. Do you want it to be fill my gut rather than heal my heart? I, I wouldn't mind something like that because it is specifically about eating. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we can Great. actually keep the middle couplet as it is. Yeah. Rain may fall and wind may blow and many miles be still to go. Yeah. Um, uh, but so here I want, because we have this kind of, this feels like we're talking about a stop on a journey, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's more of this journey, but right now I'm in a place with a trough and I'm going to like eat and be comfortable. Right. Right, that's like, so that's kind of what we want to capture in the last two lines is, um, is, you know, 
for now I have comfort and that's what I'm going to focus on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Under a tall tree. Under a tall tree I will clouds go sailing by Mm, what if it's like but in a stable something something and let the rain go you know come falling down (laughs) (laughs) where are you pulling that line from (laughs) um but maybe maybe rather than replacing clouds with rain that last line could be more about bustle like like the humans are bustling about like whatever else is happening but like i'm here and i've got my oats yeah yeah i can get into that um but in this stable i will stay and let the people bustle away (laughs) yeah yeah it's i feel like that actually well and i feel like it kind of yeah, it, I feel like it takes us a, away a little from the, like, this is, the you know, the thing that you were saying is the heart of the poem, which is, like, like long journey ahead, but, like, I'm going to be warm and full tonight, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, okay. What about, uh, but for this night, here I will stay. I think it'll have to be all, but yeah, for tonight. Here, I, no, 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 you're totally right. I, I should always trust you on syllable counts. <laughs> uh, but for this night, here I will stay. Um, for tonight, here I will stay? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we, yeah, but for tonight, here I will stay. Um, uh, and... Oh, oh, what if it's what if it's just the list of things that you intend to stay with like but for tonight here i will stay with oats and grains and flake and hay mm yeah yeah uh i don't i feel like flake and hay is like flake of hay that doesn't work oats mash and lots of hay yes with with oats and mash and lots of hay lots of hay now that our poem is done, I have some mm-hmm. performance notes for us. Uh, okay. <laughs> I feel like we need to really get into the, like, drinking song, like, dun, 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 dun. Like, I really want to hammer home the rhythm of that more than we had been. Like, I, you know. Okay. Can we alternate every line? Because, because it'll, it'll be more even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Why don't you start us off? Okay, I'm gonna start us. I'm gonna start us where I want us to be. I want a lot, okay? Okay, I'm so nervous about this. Ho, 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 to the trough I go. To fill my gut and ease my woe. Rain may fall and wind may blow. And many miles we still <laughs> to go. But for tonight, here I will stay. With oats and mash and lots, lots of, of hay. Wow, we nailed it. That was exactly what I wanted. Thank you. Wow. Good. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad we could fulfill that. Oath. Check. Double check. check. We get two check marks for that because of the the heart and spirit in that performance. Hell yeah. Hell and yeah. on to our last um, oath. Oats. Yeah. Um, our last oath. Uh, our the oats oath connection. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
the beacon uh, like the books, unlit, or like the movie, lit? It's unlit. There is no hope. There is only ambiguity and dread in this darkest of night. Oh my god. Okay. Um... <laughs> but it can be lit easily. If you have questions, send them to us. At shadowfactspod at gmail.com. That... Oh, you, you're getting back into the, the ho-ho-ho rhythm I see. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'm really proud of us for keeping a recording significantly under three hours. Yeah, good for us. Good for us. Um, uh, we have a few, we have a few oh, yeah. notes. Yeah. I wanted to say, uh, although we don't have questions, I want to point everyone's attention to the Hobbit cookbook zine that has just come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it on Twitter probably um on rosie's page rosie's handle is at well i don't i don't know how these words are divided i'm just gonna spell it e-e-t-r-e-l-i-b-r-e maybe it's etre libre maybe it's e etre libre i don't know <laughs> um and at mithril shirt um they put it all together. There's so much um, good art and in it it's, and people have already started great. posting pictures of the food they made. It looks great. Yes. Um and all proceeds go to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Is it Institute Foundation? Um Foundation. actually not sure. Yeah. But fuck yeah. Good cause. That's a good cause foods. We good art. Believe in because we're trans. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, we will be back. Do you have anything? Oh, yeah, I did actually. I wanted to say um, this is not nearly as important a plug. If you're prioritizing plugs here, plug number one, uh, go buy the cool cookbook. Plug number two, if you have time, I downloaded the Walk to Mordor app. That's so much of LOTR Twitter has been doing, and I want friends. So if you want to, you can friend me at the same at as my Twitter at, at Shalom Behold. I'd love to see how your walking is coming. Wow. Do you know that I had not seen anything about the Walk to Mordor app until you tweeted about it? Oh, really? I feel like several, several, I've seen several people from uh, LOTR Twitter doing it. And I like walking and haven't been doing enough of it because it's been so cold recently. I've just been out of the loop, I guess. Um, And lastly, the next episode will cover some chapters of the book. Stay stay tuned. It's a (laughs) surprise to you. It's a surprise to us. It's just a fun little journey. Yeah. Okay. Stay horsey. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. The music you heard at the beginning was Horse by Horse, arranged and performed by Caitlin and Joey. That's us. You can listen to it again at soundcloud.com slash shadowfactspod. The cover art was made by Annie Johnston Click at Dancy Naru on Twitter. I'm Caitlin, my pronouns are they, them, and you can follow me at Chalo and Behold on Twitter. You can follow the show at ShadowFactsPod and email your horse-related Lord of the Rings questions to ShadowFactsPod at gmail.com. Joining me on this journey there and back again is... Joey. My pronouns are they, he, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoeyThePrince. If you want to read and watch along, check the episode description for the segment we'll cover next time. This has been Shadow Facts. One horse to rule them all!